I want to talk about the four areas of resilience that we uh, ultimately focus on with you guys. You guys may or may not know, I'm, I'm in the process of writing an enormous amount of content, filming an enormous number of videos. We're building a new program, which is really, the idea of it is called, it's called phase one. And what I believe everyone needs to do to lay a foundation for long-term progress. There's four areas of resilience. And I thought I'd share them with you. And resilience can be thought of as capabilities, right? So the four areas are ultimately uh, physical resilience uh, or physical capability, we'll say, metabolic resilience or metabolic flexibility, physiological flexibility, and psychological flexibility. So you have physical, metabolic, physiological, and, and psychological. And the difference people ask what the difference between physiological and physical. Physical is about movement. Physiological is about like internal processes, the, the internal regulatory processes like pH and, and uh, oxygen and fuel use, which maybe is interchangeable with metabolic flexibility. Those are your major areas that we as coaches focus on for you. And the reason I think this is relevant because some of you guys may not know what challenge you're having, right? So some everyone comes into our coaching community. You can imagine everyone says, what do you think the biggest problem is? My nutrition is my biggest problem. How many people believe that? While it may be true, yeah, well, it may be true. It's important to acknowledge that nutrition is a behavior. Nutrition isn't a food thing. It's a behavior problem for most people. And so what does that mean? Well, most people are eating uh, in a way that is supporting or stress or you know, eating habitually, mindlessly. So right off the bat, nutrition isn't inherently a nutrition problem. It's, a, it's, it's more of a psychological problem that could be stemming from a physiological problem, right? So psychological physiological, right? So you guys know the terminology. And so thinking a little bit deeper about, oh, what actual challenges are we experiencing is an important and empowering framework to take. Because as you guys enter your fitness endeavors for the rest of your life, there's so much information to sift through. And there's going to be so many people trying to tell you what your problem is. Oh, it's this deficiency in this. At the end of the day, it's all just marketing, right? It's all, most of it's maybe has some benefit, but it's not any more miraculous than the next thing. But if you guys take the framework of, well, there's only four kind of interventions or four physiological resiliences I'm looking to create, right? So if we lose our physical capability over time, we're going to be less effective. So we want to increase our physical capability. First one, we want to improve our metabolic capability or metabolic flexibility or metabolic resilience, right? So I want my body to be able to eat more food and, and ultimately process it and not store it. I want my body to be physiologically resilient to, and that can be to oxygen and CO2, the accumulation of carbon dioxide, that can be pH. So we ultimately want to shift toward being more alkaline. Those are kind of some physiological resilience examples. And then psychologically resilient, you guys, you want to uh, be able to expose yourself to hard things. And th th that's a simple framework for you guys to take on and like, how do we can ultimately start improving our quality of life is these, these resiliences is an important mental framework. After 30, oftentimes our ability to perform diminishes a little bit, right? Maybe after 40, it starts to diminish a little bit. At some point, our physical capability for most people, if you don't pay attention to it, will get worse. So you have to build things into your life. What I'm experiencing in my life now, and I don't know if any of you guys experience this, if I don't make something like an absolute must, it doesn't happen, right? I'm busy. You guys are busy too. If I don't make it like a non-negotiable, it doesn't happen. So I could see now for the first time in my life how men over 35 start to allow themselves to slip. Because if, you, if you're just like, oh, when I was in my 30s and my 20s, I could skip a couple days and I was still good. Or I could skip a couple weeks and I was still good. Now it's not like that, right? And you skip a couple weeks and all of a sudden you're in a place you don't want to be. A couple months, you're looking in a way you don't want to look. So 
keeping the concept in your mind of physical capabilities, right? When I'm 70, I want to be as physically capable as Roger, right? Roger's just done a bodybuilding show at seven years old and like looks incredible, shredded, always big cap shoulders, you know, great, great physique. And that's a huge amount of physical capability, right? And and if we lose that over time, could you guys see the correlation between physical capability and low quality of life or or quality of life, I'm saying, right? If our physical capability diminishes, our quality of life diminishes. And that that takes me obviously to the sec- the second thing I want to talk about today. But we'll spend a little more a few more minutes on this meta- on these other resiliencies. So we talked metabolic flexibility and metabolic resilience. That's simply the ability for your body to use what you eat, right? People over the, over 20% body fat, 20, 20% body, 20 to 25% body fat. No, that's very subjective. But in general, they tend to use nutrients less effectively, right? We can assume they're slightly inflamed. We can assume their cells have a greater amount of intracellular fat, which influences metabolic flexibility, ultimately insulin sensitivity. Someone who's less metabolically flexible, we eat carbohydrates and all of a sudden they get fat, right? Their body wants to store rather than burn. So we have to improve your body's ability to utilize all these nutrients. So this is another one of these resiliences that we want to think about. So when you guys come into our ecosystem, we want you to immediately understand, okay, well, we, you want, we want you to understand our process and we're all sharing our process with you. It's going through these different levels of, of investigation and assessment. Like where is this person's physical capability relative to where, where they were at their best and relative to where they think they want to be? Right? And it's our job to fill the gaps. Or so if we say, how are you compared to when you were 21 or when you were 25? Uh, hopefully you haven't diminished and hopefully you haven't diminished at all. And if you have, great. Well, how do we work toward getting back there? That's, that's the idea of physical ability, nutritional capability or nutritional flexibility. Same idea. Do we have the ability to be resilient to all types of fuel? Right? Not one is good or bad. I should tell you guys that like Muslim intelligence, we don't have an approach. We don't, we're not dogmatic about keto or kind of more low carb, high carb. It's like, if you think you deserve carbohydrate, you want a high carbohydrate diet, you better earn it, right? You better make sure your body uses them well. You better make sure you're using it in a workout. Most people simply aren't training hard enough to benefit from carbohydrates at a high level, right? I'm not against carbohydrates in any way, but certainly carbohydrates are incredibly useful fuel if you're training at high intensity. Okay, so we go to physiological flexibility. What's physiological flexibility, right? In, in our in our society, these things are built out of society, right? Our body starts to, I, think, I always use the analogy of like the walls closing in around us. Things are getting tighter. Things are getting harder. It's harder to walk up the stairs. It's harder to go out in the cold. You know, we're not as resilient as we once were, right? Think of it as a resiliency. So we have to intentionally, if we don't intentionally expose ourselves to these things, if we don't make it a must, the non-negotiable, you are getting weaker every day, right? So I want to encourage you guys to think about what are the things I need to do every single day in each of these four areas to ensure that I'm going to get better because if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. So physiological resilience, we're looking at saunas. We're looking at uh, CO2 tolerance training. We're maybe looking at improving the alkalinity of our body through nutritional interventions and uh, mineral supplementation, making sure you're not consuming too many things that are acidifying to the body. Uh, so that's some examples of physiological res- resilience. And then psychological resilience, what does that look like? Move toward things that are hard, right? Move in the direction of things that are hard on purpose, not, not avoiding, right? I've actually, you know, have some things planned in my life where it's like, I, I, I know that I'm a goal-oriented person, but I need to have a reason to do the goal. And so if I identify my reason and the goal is, it's, a not, it's 
done, right? If I don't have a reason, then I'm like, eh, it's no big deal. Something else will take its place. So I'll be like, oh, I have the, my primary goal is my business. My secondary goal is my family. So we want to be really clear on like, what are my non-negotiables every day? So but, I'd start off just sharing that simple framework with you guys, and I'll be developing that in these, this course. I'll share it with you guys and how to ultimately approach it most effectively for long-term uh, results, long-term growth. As coaches, we're looking for those things. We're saying, what are the things that Steve identifies as like, oh, this is normal for me. I do this every day. Like I, I, I drink six cups of coffee every day. Why do you do that, Steve? You know. Um, so we're looking for those things that are problems. And then we go, okay, well, that's the reason you're doing that. The reason that's happening in your life is because of X, Y, and Z. And here's how we can support it. So I think looking for the big, obviously look for the elephant in the room, right? So what is the the biggest efficiency or the biggest challenge they're experiencing? And, uh, and address that immediately. So as an example to the gentleman I spoke with on Monday, he's like, man, I'm just under a huge amount of stress. So for me as a coach, I said, okay, what do we have to do with this gentleman, right? We have to build his physiological resilience. So I want you guys to know something. Stress is inevitable, right? Stress is not going anywhere. But your ability to be resilient to it changes, it adapts. And if you're not intentionally subjecting yourself to things that are that are hard physiologically, hard, hard psychologically, then your resilience gets worse, it gets weaker. So we have to intentionally subject ourselves to things that are bigger. And the way you think about this is the stress bucket, right? We all have this imaginary stress bucket. Some are small, some are big. The bigger my bucket, the more adaptable I am to stress. So my first objective for this client, yeah, I'm going to build that bucket. And, and what does that look like? Hot, hot export, cold export, breath work, nature, meditation, nutrition, optimization, gut health optimization, hormone optimization. All right, so it's all the basic things that you guys are already doing. Uh, and some some may be more important than others. One of the biggest levers we have is movement, right? Is muscle even more specifically, right? Movement and muscle have enormous implications on you know the ability to be become nutritionally resilient, certainly physically, you know, as far as physical resilience, certainly. And then the exercise process itself is a way to become more physiological and more psychological resilient, right? So we have the physical movement and the nutritional or metabolic resilience coming as a result of exercise, as a result of the actual muscle building process itself. And on the other end is the exercise process is the thing that's going to build greater psychological resilience. So those things are, in my opinion, certainly the, the biggest lever that I know of to help people improve their, their resilience on a regular basis in a controlled way. I love the idea of you guys constantly being aware of, of your tendencies, right? So do, do you have tendencies to do the things that your coach asks of you do you have tendencies to make excuses as to why you can't? Do you have tendencies to make excuses or or maybe do it, but but be kind of begrudgingly? What's the dialogue going on in your head? And if you can identify the dialogue in your head, realize the objective needs to be, I'm going to move toward this, this increased resilience because if I'm not, I'm getting worse, right? If I'm not getting better, I'm getting worse. There's no such thing as status quo, like especially after the age of 35. There's no such thing as staying the same. You're getting worse if you're not if you're not paying attention to each area of these of these resilience. So be super aware of that, man. Because what we don't ever want to do is wake up in one year, or five years, or ten years, looking, feeling, and performing in a way that we never wanted to, right? And for many of you guys, the looking part drops in importance, right? Looking is very important when we're young, where you know we want to look amazing. But I say most of my guys after the age of forty are like looking is usually number three on the list, right? I want to feel amazing. I want to perform amazing, and then I want to look amazing, right? And so, if we're if we're if we're balancing it that way, most guys that I come into is like, yeah, no, I just want to feel awesome. Like, I want to, I want to be able to run, jump, play, wake up in the morning with huge amounts of energy, so I can crush life. 
then I want to you know be able to perform in the gym. I want high physical capability. Then the third one is I just want to look awesome. And how about what do you guys feel about that? How many people prioritize the way they look as the top top of the totem pole? No judgment. Just like I trust me, I was there for twenty five years. Yeah, yeah, good man, dude. Like, good, right? That's awesome. And I hope that stays in a top priority for you forever. And I hope you also maintain physical capability. Like my judgment of physical capability is, you know, my kids are beastly athletes, and I need to be able to kick their ass when they're in their in their prime, right? Sixteen, eighteen years old, like, and I get to be. I had to keep up. So I'm not going to allow my, my physical capability to drop. Like, I don't care if I look 30 pounds lighter than I was when I was at my biggest or 50 pounds. I don't Like, I, I need to be able to run, jump, play, do gymnastics, flip, you know, all of these types of things. That's my kind of North Star. I always speak about the body you have on the outside is very often an expression of what's happening on the inside, right? Your, your health on the inside expresses outwardly. So if your body is is not metabolically healthy, if your body is not, not hormonally healthy, it's not like, oh, I'm just going to take this pill or take this medicine or take this hormone and feel better. If your body doesn't look right on the outside, it's not a deficiency in testosterone, right? You may be deficient in testosterone, but it's not the thing that's going to make you look better, right? It's fixing your health that will ultimately make the testosterone go up which will make you look better. So health is is should be the primary objective. You know, the, re- the reason when I speak about muscle intelligence, I say lean, healthy, muscular in that order on purpose, because I think those are our primary three targets. You know, being lean, I think you guys could you guys could say differently, is one of the single biggest levers we have for health. Right? You see people that are healthy. Again, you could certainly be lean and not healthy, but usually when you're not lean, you're not healthy in general, right? So we want to become as lean as we possibly can in a healthy way, uh, naturally. And then, you know, obviously we want to be, have health as a, as a byproduct or certainly a focus. How many of you guys can relate to going to the gym to do cardio sometime and dragging your feet and, and bitching about it the whole way and, and just like nutting your way through it and suck the whole time and your attitude sucked and you did it, but the whole time it was kind of begrudgingly dragging your, dragging your feet, dragging your ass. Anybody, anybody kind of relate to that? Would it be possible to do the exact same cardio and the exact same transformation process? Nothing changes. Same diet, same workouts, same cardio, everything's the same. But the one thing that changes is your mindset. You go, holy shit, I'm so lucky to be here. I'm so lucky to eat the best foods in the world. I'm so lucky to be wealthy enough to have the best foods in the world. I'm so lucky to have my body that works and, and these these biceps that contract between this brain that, that shows up for me. And just truly honoring your body, right? So think of the difference. It could even be the same physical outcome. I don't think it would be. There'd probably be some differences, but it could be the same physical outcome, same process, same physical outcome. What's the difference at the end? That, right? Your perception of the event and who you become in the process. So I'm constantly reinforcing, dragging my feet, doing things begrudgingly. That becomes my personality. That becomes a characteristic, right? A character trait. And so one of the things I learned, just like I don't know, maybe maybe by happenstance, maybe through pain, was this reality that man, I just I'm so blessed to be able to go to the gym. I'm so blessed to have an amazing community like this, an amazing team of coaches to have a body that shows up for me, to have a body that I just love, man. My body shows up, it looks great, it feels great, it performs well every day. It supports an adventure. And that mindset alone, you know, for me, 
just is a complete game changer, man. And like, I, I wasn't always that way. I was oftentimes the complete opposite. I was like, oh, fuck, I got to do cardio. I got to eat this damn chicken. I got to eat these sweet potatoes. It oh, was terrible. And that, if you could become conscious of it and choose who you're becoming in the process, I think is the single greatest opportunity that exercise presents you because every time you go in the gym, you're facing that that weakness. You're facing that guy who, who wants to quit. You're facing that guy who doesn't want to go. You're facing that guy who says, I can't do another rep. You're facing that guy who says, I don't know, I don't want to do this exercise or this hurts or this sucks. And you get the opportunity to intentionally build it. So it sounds like you're lacking, Guillaume, is this intention, right? So when we go to the gym, we have the opportunity to become more conscious or less conscious, right? So when I go to the gym, we can, we can turn on really loud music. We can just zone out and just go. We just fucking go, gas pedal and go. Or we can become intentional about what we're doing and actually curate uh, how hard we're pushing, how far we're pushing. Again, not necessarily one is right or wrong. I think they both have a place. But I really have a belief that if I want to become a better version of myself, the single greatest opportunity in exercise is to become more present and more mindful in my body, in my thoughts during that experience. Does that make sense? Yeah. So as an example, two weeks ago, I was in, in Spain with Dorian Yates and myself, Gavin, and one of my clients, Gareth, were there. Gavin's our head coach. Dorian, you guys know Dorian Yates, six-time Mr. Olympia, known for being the hardest working bodybuilder ever, although I would have given him a run for his money. And we're like, all right, man, we're doing a leg workout. Let's go. And uh, so I think it could have been one of those things where some of you may, may dread that psychologically. But anybody, if I said, hey, guys, anyone want to fly to Toronto tomorrow and train legs with me, I'll pay the flight. Anyone will come. Would anyone go, hell no? Would anyone say, hell no? Like, I, don't, I don't want to do that. I'm not ready. Right. So what that says to me is like, well, that's that's some level of either scared, you know, being afraid or inadequacy that you could build by stepping into that challenge, right? Nobody take this personally, but I would say that's little, you know, small B Ben. I'm calling my little bitch, and I'm like, hey, the little bitch doesn't want to do it. I'm like, okay, well, how about we get a little, we get a little, you know, we grow up a little bit, we get all ballsy, and we actually just go do it. Um, and I think the opportunity to develop that and see where you where you tend to be weaker, where you tend to want to quit, or you tend to want to avoid the hard things, is a beautiful opportunity because it transfers into life. It's not just it can happen in the gym, right? That confidence and that character comes through commitment, right? That's kind of our three taglines and muscle intelligence for 2023 is confidence and character through commitment. I did a nine-hour mountain climb with a friend of mine, Alex Fiata. And the first 90 minutes of it was just the worst 90 minutes of my life. It was just torture. I was like, I, there's no way I'm going to get up to the top of this thing. How am I going to do nine hours when the first 90 minutes was just like, it was like every step was just burning. I was like, big had lactic acid in my eyeballs. Like, my, like so, so, so hard. It was 300 pounds big. I was like, I don't care. I'm, I got to do this. I said I was going to do it. I'm going to do it. And all of a sudden, I just kind of stopped. And I looked around. And I was like, how am I doing? I'm sitting here and I'm in my head. I'm like, it's the most beautiful day. I'm out with two of my best friends in the world. I'm just going to enjoy this. And I, I slowed my breathing down. I calmed myself down. I said, thank you. I looked up and I was so grateful. And and no exaggeration, the next six and a half, seven hours, like I felt like I floated up the mountain. It's like, God, what just happened? Like I literally went from from like being in, in my own bubble, my own head of hell to like this most amazing experience like that. Because I just, I'm going to be here. I'm going to do it anyways. I'm not going to quit. I might as well enjoy it. I was I was blown away by how different it was. 
I would say, do the thing you don't want to do, man. Because here's the thing in life. It's so easy not to, it's so easy to do and it's so easy not to do, right? It's so easy to not sit down every morning and meditate. It's so easy, right? It's so easy to skip the cardio. It's so easy to, to eat the donut. That's, that's easy, man, right? Talk about psychological resilience. Well, don't do it. See how, if, or, or do it conversely, right? Like if it's about the, the cold shower or the 10 minutes of meditation or the hour of meditation, how many of you guys meditate consistently or, or meditate ever? So how many of you guys have meditated for at least one hour once in your life? Anyone? Okay. So there's something magical that happens in meditation. And, and for me, it's usually around like 40, 45 minutes. Something just magical that happens. It never happens for me in the first 20, 30 minutes. Well, the better I get or the more consistent I get, the, the earlier it happens. But usually it happens somewhere around 40, 45 minutes where it's a whole new depth. It's a whole new understanding of what meditation is. And it's it's always right after, if you guys have meditated for a long time, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's always right after you're just about to quit. You're like, okay, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. I don't want to do this anymore. I get so many things to do. And if you can will through that, if you can just be like, nope, I'm sitting here and I'm doing it. Right on the other side of that is always a breakthrough, almost always. And there's always this huge amount of like resistance. It's a really great metaphor. There's like, my body hurts, my legs are falling asleep, my ass is numb, I got the scratch on my nose, but I'm still going to stay here, right? I'm just going to breathe through it. And if you do, or when you do, it's, there's just amazing breakthroughs in that side. Anyone ever experienced that? I think, I think there's, there's some important metaphors there. Anyways, it's talking about psychological resilience. When, when things start to get challenging is when you guys start to get stronger, we start to get stronger as humans. But I'll tell you guys, the key that I'm experiencing right now in my life is if it's not a must, it's not going to happen. And, and never before in my life has this been an issue for me because I've never been quite as busy as I am right now in business and in life. I've always just, training was just an enormous priority in my life. It was like top priority, just did it every day. Like I, I never missed. And I, I, to, be, to be fair, I was also in Tampa three blocks away from my own gym. So it was very easy to get into the gym. I had the key if I wanted to go three in the morning or three in the afternoon. Uh, whatever I could go. Now being traveling is very different. So it's a very interesting time in my life. So what I encourage you guys to do is choose the one, two or three things that that you find to be hard that also have a significant impact on your on your results. Right? Don't do something that like you're like, oh that that's hard for me, but it's not going to impact and move me in the direction of my goals. Thanks for listening to the Muscle Intelligence Podcast. For full episode guides with important takeaways and bonus resources, head over to muscleintelligence.com slash learn. If you enjoy the show and find value in the content, please subscribe, share this podcast with at least one person you know and love who would benefit from this content, leave us a review, and support our sponsors. You can see the full list of show sponsors, discounts, and get exclusive Muscle Intelligence deals at muscleintelligence.com slash resources. To join our private community and get VIP access to my master classes, upcoming muscle camps, and other resources that we don't post anywhere else, head to muscleintelligence.com slash community. Most of all, thank you very much for your trust, for your time, and most importantly, for supporting health and fitness in this world. Enjoy your day. And I look forward to seeing you here next week. Thank you so much for tuning in to Muscle Intelligence. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with at least one person you know. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. 
This podcast is for information purposes only. The statements and views on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Ben Pikulski and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements or advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.